ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to take this moment to say thank you for listening to the Real Rescue Podcast. It means a lot to me that you enjoy these stories as much as I do. Since the start of this podcast, we've had a lot of support from all over the world. It has been amazing. Now, we have companies joining our team that also want to say thank you for all that you are doing out there standing the watch. These companies are offering discounts on their products as a way to support the rescue community and those tuning into the Real Rescue Podcast. Just go to therealrescue.com, click on Sponsors, and see these incredible offers for yourself. This episode of the Real Rescue Podcast is brought to you by Breeze Eastern, the world's only dedicated helicopter hoist and winch provider. Access. Because when lives are at stake and conditions are challenging, Clear communication is of the utmost importance. SR3 Rescue Concepts, because you don't know what you don't know. And Versalips, to be your best, you need to squat your best. Breeze Eastern, they dedicate themselves to our helicopter rescue world. Since the very first helicopter rescue in November of 1945, Breeze Eastern has designed and manufactured superior rescue hoist solutions. While much of the technology and the unique mission requirements have changed over the past 75 years, their commitment to the rescuers, the operators, and those being rescued has not. Contact them today by visiting them at breeze-eastern.com. The Axness PNG Wireless ICS System can bring cutting-edge wireless intercommunication system technology to any aircraft. The PNG system can be fully integrated into an existing ICS system or can be carried on and off as a mobile base station. They can go anywhere, at any time, on any aircraft. Plus, with the strongest and most robust waterproof handheld on the market, this system can take a hit and keep working. Their wireless intercom systems are designed to enhance situational awareness through improved communication capability. This system brings superior noise canceling technology to eliminate rotor wash and engine noise from your ICS. The Axness PNG wireless system is currently deployed in more than 1,800 public safety, air ambulance, and search and rescue aircraft worldwide. I have personally used the Axness system in four different countries and on five different airframes. It is awesome. If you want more information, Contact them today at axnes.com. That's A-X-N-E-S.com. You just make sure you tell them Quinny sent me. SR3 Rescue Concepts is a training company that can help your helicopter training. They train daytime, nighttime, aerial firefighting, hoist, long line, fast rope, rappel, and more. They can assist your program with standardization and safety checks or just an FAA annual refresher. With the certified flight instructor pilots and experienced crew, they are ready to help your agency keep up to date with current techniques, rules, regulations, and equipment. Plus, right now, SR3 is offering 10% off anything in their web store with the promo code, all capital letters, REALRESCUE, R-E-A-L-R-E-S-Q. Plus, they are offering another 10% from their partners, Petzl, and their equipment 
All you got to do is send an email to info at sr3rescueconcepts.com. Mention this podcast, The Real Rescue Podcast, and they'll take care of the rest. And Versalist. When you're at the gym working on your squats, building your leg strength for the next rescue mission, depth matters. If you're like me, getting below parallel on your squats is tough. Well, allow me to introduce Versalifts Heel Inserts. These gems have become one of my new favorite accessories in my gym bag. Simply place them into your regular training shoe, either on top or underneath the insole, and bam! You've got a heel lift benefit of a weightlifting shoe, but the comfort and flexibility of your regular trainer. So the next time your workout just has heavy squats, grab your V2 strength inserts. Or how about a run, pull up, push up, air squat, and another run? Grab your V2 endurance insert. Or my own personal workout of running, clusters, and ring muscle up. Grab your original V2 inserts and go crush it. Check them out today at vlifts.com or on Instagram at Versalift. And when you're ready to get a few pair of your own, make sure you get your 10% off with the Real Rescue discount code. Squat well, friends. Coming up on this episode of The Real Rescue, we are joined by a guy for a second time. Between the last episode that we recorded and this episode, there has been a ton more stories, a whole bunch more training, and he's bringing it all here. As a matter of fact, there was actually a third recording, which we ended on the end of this episode. It was epic. He got called out for another search and found what they were looking for. So please welcome our next guests for a second time, Mr. Dylan Nelson and his cadaver dog, Jacoby. My name is Jason Quinn. I am United States Coast Guard Rescue Swimmer number 500. These are my rescues and rescues from those of us that put our lives on the line every day so others may live. This is The Real Rescue Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Real Rescue. We've got a another guy. Actually, in this case, we've got a repeat guy. Uh, episode 90, if you've not listened to it already, is uh, Dylan Nelson and his cadaver dog, Jacoby. Well, Dylan came back to us again because he's got some more stories, and I was so pumped to see him. So, hey, Dylan, how are you, man? <laughs> good, how are you? Man, I'm fantastic. It's, it's good to see you again. Uh, I was actually thinking about this when you and I got on. Um, we we saw each other at Heli Expo in Atlanta. We did. Because yep. that was awesome. Uh, yep. Jacoby barked at me and then ate one of my patches. <laughs> that was awesome. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got some pictures together. And, and while we were sitting there, you were like, bro, I have done some cool stories. And I'm like, yep. Yeah, let's do this again. So here we are for round yeah. two, brother. I'm freaking stoked. So how's things, man? <laughs> hey, they're good. They're good. You know, just kind of getting through school at the time, doing stuff with Jacoby and uh, working. That's it. Yeah, good. All right. How are the grades? The grades doing all right? 4.0, baby. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about, man. Boom. <laughs> 4.0. Yep. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot, man. That's good stuff. Well done. Well done. So that means you're busting your ass in school and you're doing all this stuff with Jacoby. It's freaking Correct, amazing, yeah. dude. Good for you. Yeah. Solid. I stay Solid. busy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. All right. So 
like I said, episode 90, you and I had this full conversation, which was great because we learned a lot about Jacoby. Well, you and Jacoby, but how Jacoby became a cadaver dog, the training that went into it, and then some of the stories about you guys going out on searches, which was amazing. Um, since then, by the way, that was like a year ago from this recording. It was like a little over a year ago that we, you and I talked. So inside a year between that recording and now, you've gotten more uh, training, more certifications, deployments with the Georgia State's uh, task force. Are you kidding me? And and you're coming back to tell some stories. So, man, take us through what is going on, brother. What are you doing? Yeah, we've, we've definitely been busy. Um, yeah, I've, I've done done quite a bit. We've done some some extra training, uh, done some really cool training. Uh, some of the stuff has been with, you know, stuff for the dog, stuff for me uh and, and perhaps to stuff we we want to take part in in the future so nice. all right well what is it like what's the what does the training entail let's, let's go both let's start with you what is the training for you uh so for me i i wanted to do um a certification so you basically what you have is like you have a once you start in search and rescue you get your rescue specialist certification which is very generic um so i kind of wanted something a little more in depth um in nasar which is the national association for search and rescue they have kind of revamped their training program uh to the point where i was like hey that, that's kind of attractive to us and kind of fits along you know so it was kind of an uphill struggle to to kind of align with them at first um it, it took me having some conversations with the their director um to say hey this is this is the training we've had on the military side what what translates to a you know a civilian certification you know because i wanted both yeah. and i wanted yeah. to to be able to say hey you know if we get deployed somewhere and it's civilians i have that you know that piece of paper saying hey we can do it here too and whereas the military they just they just train you and then that's it like they're like hey we trust you you're signed off yeah but there's no there's no like actual certification to say hey yeah this dog is airworthy or this dog is you know all that all that stuff so um i took the so we have what's called a seer specialist uh in the air force and i think there's seer guys in other branches too um i can only speak sure. from the air force because I'm in Can the Air I Force. Just, you know what? I don't know. I'm going to go with, yeah, why not? I don't, I yeah, so so <laughs> SEER, SEER stands for Survival, Evasion, Resistance, and Escape. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah, it sounds, yeah, totally they, sounds familiar right now. Yep. I they train the totally air crew. Yeah. <laughs> they train the air crew guys on, you know, survival if their aircraft goes down and that kind of stuff. But they also do um, different things. So I approached... Uh, one of the SEER specialists that we have at our base. And I was like, hey, this is what I do. This is what I'm getting into. Do you want to come out and participate in one of our exercises um, that we do with the with the Air Force? And uh, he was all over it, jumped all over it, was like, yes, let's do it. Um, he's like, it's been a long time since I've been in the woods. Uh, so it was kind of one of those things where he can, you know, teach something else that he's, you know, it's not the same thing to our air crew every single time. So he was like, this is awesome. He's like, I, I don't know a whole lot of survival stuff with the dogs. And so um, 
basically what our exercise ended up getting postponed. So him and I were like, well, we did all this planning. We did all this, you know, you know, like setting up for all the certifications we wanted to get. Um, so he's like, well, let's go do it on our own. So we went and did it on our own. Uh, we called up an ASAR uh, evaluator and she came down and was like, pretty much like you, both of you are overly qualified for this, this certification, but we were like, we want it anyway. Um, so yeah, we went through all of like firecraft. Uh, we went through like water, you know, procurement and saying this is like how to purify water. Um, we went through all the different survival stuff. And then we also went through the survival stuff with the dogs, you know, like what first aid kit are we, are we bringing? How are we treating for certain things? And it was like, you know, we went through all the plants that you can, that are edible and this, that, and the other. So it was really nice. interesting to see that. Um, and then we were probably three quarters of the way through the course and the course is the SARTEC 2 course um, through NASAR. So the highest you can go is SARTEC 1, um, which is just one step above, obviously, SARTEC 2. Uh, and that's like backcountry uh, search and rescue stuff, which in Georgia, you know, we have, I say mountains, but they're they're not really, you know, it's not <laughs> like Montana or anything like that. So it's kind of like iffy to kind of to justify getting that. And it's 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 hard to say, hey, yeah, we'll travel out west and get that certification. But um, yeah, so we went through that. And it was we're probably three quarters of the way through. And uh I decided I was going to go work out a couple times and uh, I ended up getting rhabdo. Oh, and God. So, yeah. So they had to send a letter. Up. I spent four days in the hospital uh, and then two, two weeks <laughs> oh, after brother. that on the couch. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. So I had, I had rhabdo in both of my quads um, and both of them, I lost three inches in diameter once everything was flushed out of my legs yeah Holy so it was shit. i look like yeah i look like i was in a, like a wheelchair my whole life oh my god That's yeah terrible. it was it, it was bad yeah i took uh my girlfriend she took before and after pictures um she had had rhabdo before uh when she was in the marine corps in her abs and she was like yeah your, your muscles are going to atrophy pretty bad and I was like, great, back to chicken legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, dude, I'm sorry. That's terrible. Yeah, dude. so so then a letter a letter got sent up um, to the director of NASAR explaining, hey, we had to postpone our course. And yeah, as soon as I was back healthy again, I went back and finished. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, good for you, man. Solid. Yep. Now, what about Jacoby? What's the training? The, what are the extra certifications he's gotten? So he he got there. So in order for us to test with him, I had to pass the SARTEC two first, um, okay. and then once he once we passed the the SARTEC two, the SEER instructor he bounced. Uh, he actually did the extra paperwork and training to do to be like a lead evaluator for that course. So nice. while he went, yeah, while he went and did that, I uh 
for the next like day or two was testing with Jacoby and it was uh, wilderness building searches and vehicles. Um, it was the test. So it was very different from our, our first uh, national certification. Um, Cause that one is very like police based. Uh, Cause I was certified through the USPCA. I'm still certified through them. Uh, Jacoby has two national certs now. Um, but he, the NASAR test was, it was five different sections. Each section was like an acre to two acres. Um, and each section of those woods was a different scenario. So you had one object that was buried, one object that was ground level, one object that was elevated one object that like one area that was just blank like your dog had to tell you there's nothing there um so Holy yeah God. so the, we went and did that that was the first part of the test and if you fail any part of the test you have to redo it the whole thing and then uh on your second attempt if your dog fails again you fail the test you have to start over like you get like retraining kind of like a like a time period i think it's like 90 days and then you can retest. Um, wow. So, yep. So he went, um, he went and we started in the wilderness and he found the first few uh, like perfectly. And it didn't take him long at all. Uh, and so then we went to, he let me know we were in a blank area. Uh, let me go. Hey, there's nothing here. I called that one right. How, We're the wait, last. How, yeah, but how does he do that? Like, I, I yeah. get he smells something, goes over it. You said from the last episode, he just lays down and it's waiting for you to come over, and you're like, okay, it's somewhere in here. How do you yeah, know so there's he nothing had... there? So what he'll do is he'll get frustrated, um, and when he gets frustrated, he'll basically come up to me and kind of look at me like. Hey, like I can read him, like just like he studies me, I study him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he'll come up and the eye contact is different. Um, and sometimes he'll just sit at my feet and just stare, like, "Hey, there's nothing here." <laughs> yeah, so, he's yeah, he... like, "Bro, bro, there's nothing here. What, what? Why are we wasting our time? Let's let's get out exactly. Of here. Let's, let's go get lunch. Yep. Come on." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and what what will happen too is he'll he'll start to get kind of playful. Um, where he's like, hey, you know, let me know, hey, there's nothing here. Like, hey, let's, if we're, if there's nothing here for me to find, then we must be here to play. Oh, so, nice. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. It, I can kind of read him. That makes it easy for me to kind of read him, like, hey, this is, there's nothing here in this area. Um, but yeah, so he, I knew that the next one, the next station was elevated because he had found all the other ones. So, we send him into the area, uh, and he's this and this lady. She hid this stuff. Her, like it was right in front of my face. I couldn't. I didn't even know it was there. And so wow. she hid it. Probably it was like I would say probably four or five feet up in a tree. And the tree, the way the tree came over, um, it was kind of like in the the thick of the leaves of it. Um, but then what was throwing Jacoby off was there was a gap in between 
where she had it hanging in the tree and where the wood line was. So there was a gap in the in the middle of these woods of there was just no trees. So the sun was beating down on this open area and the, like the heat in that area was bad. It was really hot. And um, so what happens with that odor is it it's called lofting. So that odor, once it hits that sunlight, it'll shoot straight up because heat rises. Yep. And then the wind is carrying it over. And once it hits that wood line, it's shaded. So it drops back down. Well, Jacoby was in that wooded area and was like, I could tell he was in odor. His note, like you could hear him sniffing out things and like he's changing his direction to try to get a better angle to try to pinpoint it. And he just couldn't because every time he went out to the little sun, the sun beaten down area, he would come back into that wood line. He's like, oh, it's not here because it was way above it. And so he ended up alerting right on the edge of the wood line. And the lady was like, nope, that's not it. And he was he was right, but he had to be within 10 feet of it. And I think he was like 12 feet away. Oh, and I was no. like, yeah, so we had to start over. And so, yeah, I was like, dang it. So, yeah, we had to start over, and he ended up getting it that time like a rock star. Yeah, so, like, they, what, what they do is they – Go ahead. Sorry. They, when, when we have to start over, they completely move everything into a new area. So, yeah, it was it was frustrating because it just made the day that much longer. And, yeah, so <laughs> – But, yeah, dang. once he – once he passed that, um, we moved to vehicles, which was different because um, the USPCA test, they grade you for like leash control, how you presented things, how the dog searched the vehicle, that kind of stuff. And their test, it was like, well, you can let him off leash. And so I was like, okay. And I let him off and he went right to the vehicle. So, and then <laughs> from there, we went to building searches and he's he's really good at building searches. So. Yeah, he he passed out with like a rock star. What about the other one, like the other elevated? Where was the next elevated one? It was kind of the same setup. Um, so this one was in like it was kind of there was like a wood line, and then there was like a break in like uh, it was. I, I bet it was probably twenty to fifty yards of just no trees. It was like an open field kind of thing. And then there was just like an island of trees, like just brush and trees. And then there was more wood line and she hit it in there. And it was like, I could tell as soon as he went past that little island of trees that was out there, um, he had a huge change in behavior. So I had him just kind of hanging out around that. I kind of like corralled him so he wasn't expending too much energy because i knew we still had vehicles and building searches to go and uh so i saw the change in behavior and i kind of kept him in that area and then he ended up you know finding it so nice let me back up to the the first one that the one he failed because i'm I'm really curious about this you call it what did you call it It, when the scent goes up and and over and comes back down it's called lofting lofting okay yep so you, you, is there any way that you could have uh, known where the scent was coming based on wind, based on sun, based on shade, or is that something that you learned on that day? You're like, oh, like you knew it, but it it really stood out on that in particular search that you could use in the future. 
Um, so I knew what it was. I just, at the time, didn't think about it. I was thinking, this is our last one. If I, if he gets this, I pass, you know, I pass this portion of it. So I think it was more so me just kind of being nervous in a way. And then him, me not recognizing what was there. Okay. So, yeah. So when she failed that portion and she explained it like, Hey, start doing bigger circles with him. Uh, it, I was like, Oh, well, I'm an idiot. Yeah. So, duh. <laughs> so you knew what to do like what once she told you kind of where it was and what to do you you already knew how and what to do at that point in time yeah yeah as soon as she told me where it was i immediately was like oh dang it like yeah. i should have yeah. known like if i had solved from the angle that she showed me at i was like oh, i would have just ran him over into the the other wood line and he would have worked his way back to right to it got it nice okay yeah, so right on. that was that was a, a failure on my part. Oh, hey, you know what? Way to own that, dude. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dang. All right, so now you have done in addition to all of the uh, the new training, the new certifications that you and Chicago have gotten, um, you've done some exercises as well, right? Correct. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting how I kind of got involved in that. Um, I met the lady and I didn't know this at the time, um, but the Air National Guard has a search and recovery responsibility, uh, which is, I didn't know. So we have a we have an AFSC, which is Air Force Specialty Code. Uh, it's called services. And those people can do anything from cooking to like working at the gym. Um but they also have, it's like a personnel responsibility to where, like, obviously, if you're in the military, you're from then on active, your government property. Yep. So there has to be a way to account for those things. And if there's like a mass CAS event, they have to account for their people. Well, it didn't dawn on me until they explained it that, that way. And they were like, hey, yeah, we have a, a search and recovery responsibility can we integrate your dog into that training? And I was like, absolutely. Yeah. So, cool. oh, that's yeah. So they asked, awesome. Yeah. They asked if uh, I could bring Jacoby out to an exercise called Southern Strike. Uh, and I could read the the synopsis if you want. Of Go the, for it, dude. Yeah. Let us know what it is, yeah. man. Cause I, you got me all curious about it. Yeah. So, uh, according to Google, um, says I one of Google. the, yeah. <laughs> So GTS, Google that shit. <laughs> yep. Sorry. Stupid so joke. Southern Southern Strike Exercise is one of the Air Force's newest concepts in agile combat employment. Uh is the focus. Southern Strike is the focus of uh a 2023 exercise at Gulfport uh Combat Readiness Training Center. Approximately 2,000 US military services and special operations forces. Um uh, service members participate in a joint international combat exercise hosted in the, by the Mississippi National Guard. Wow, that's awesome. 2,000 people are involved in that? Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, wow. There was, a lot, there was a lot going on there. Um, our responsibility at that exercise was strictly personnel recovery. And it was cool to showcase, um, and I can send you one of the videos of uh, 
they did, we had all the services members out there and we had a couple uh, special operations guys out there uh, just, just participating in a demo that we set up. Um, so they did like a big line sweep. They had a, a big, they had the, in at Meridian, uh, Mississippi, their public safety training center, they have a big rubble pile out there. And so we set stuff up there. Um, and basically what they wanted was they wanted to expose their, their service members to, uh, or their troops to actual cadaver and the scent of it and what it looks like. And, you know, what they'll have to do to go in and recover it. And so I was the only person that um, they could think of that had access to that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, so we brought some of our stuff out and said, hey, this is what's going to happen. So we had them go out and search the rubble pile for it. Uh, and there was like a big debris field next to us, too. And the, the scenario they put for the mass cas event was a missile strike. Uh, had hit the base and we had to go in and recover recover our people um so we kind of made the training realistic and say hey like this is this is these are your coworkers these are people you see every day uh and we're going to go in and, and get them and they may not look you know like they did how you remember them so it wow. kind of hit home with with several people um and so we sent them in and it it took them and we only had one source out uh, at a time because I didn't want any kind of cross-contamination of, you know, the training scenario to kind of co confuse Jacoby. Um, so we kind of sent them out uh, and then it took them, I think it was like five, five-ish, seven minutes, seven minutes-ish, that that kind of time frame to, for them to locate it because it was, it was pretty rank. Um, so it was easy for them to be like, oh, yeah, there's definitely something dead here. Uh, so we pulled them all out and then we sent Jacoby in and it took him 34 seconds or 32 seconds to find the source. Yeah. And so we were like, Hey, this is, this That's is a new what PR. Does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we were like, this is what kind of force multiplier a, a dog can be. Uh, so it took, you know, it was like, look how many people we had out here looking for that. And it took you guys that long. Whereas we could just come in, just me and him, and pull, you know, people out way faster. Holy smokes. Yeah. I love Jacoby. <laughs> love that dog. Yeah. Even though he wanted so, to bite my face off, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's pretty ornery, but he thinks wow. he's uh, – we. We we joke and say he's got the mentality of Conor McGregor sometimes, or he he feels like he's the best person to walk planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, that that's awesome. Now, is that both of them that you did, or you had you had one more training that you did? Yeah. Yeah. So we did the um we did the SEER training. Like I said, that that was really cool. We did the yeah. Sartec course. We did the uh, test with Jacoby, uh, and then oh. Southern Strike, and then we're I'm in charge of the planning for the Patriot, um, okay. which was that's supposed to happen in. That's right. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Yep, that one was supposed to happen in March, but it got postponed. So that just gives us more time to figure out how to get you guys there. Hey, what, <laughs> wait, when is it? What February? Okay. Yep. Also, um, uh, I forgot the coolest part. I don't know how I forgot it. Um, 
so Southern Strike, we were there, right? The first, our first day there, we we showed up. Uh, I went straight to the lieutenant that was there, and he was like, "Hey, what are you what are you trying to do? What are you trying to set up?" And I was like, "I'm dropping my stuff here in the room. I'm grabbing Jacoby, and we're going down to Camp Shelby, which was like an hour drive." And he's like, oh, "Okay." He's like, "I'm assuming you're going to do some flying," and I was like, "Yep." So we go down there. Uh, yep, we go down there. And we got hooked up with the army guys. I just walked right into the medevac shack with him, and uh, I was like, "Hey, you guys got a an HH60 that's uh, available?" And they're like, "For what?" And I was like, "We're gonna we're just trying to get some hoist iterations in." They were like, "With the dog?" And I was like, "Absolutely." And one of the guys comes back out of the the back of the medevac shack, and he was with the Lakota unit that I had hoisted with before. Oh, and the nice, only thing, dude. Yep. The only thing that he said, cause no, I didn't know any of the 60 guys. Uh, and so the only thing that he said, he's like, Oh, this is happening. And <laughs> so he's like, he's like, yes. he went to their, yep. He went to their commander and he was like, get all the crew chiefs in the room. We gotta, we gotta get a brief going. And so, yep. Oh, so we, man, that's badass, dude. I love that. Yeah, we went in and briefed them up, said, hey, this is his equipment. This is how we're going to hook up. We did a couple dry runs with them out on the on the helicopter without it running. And uh, said, hey, this is how we're going to we're going to get in and get out. This is how you're going to lower us, this, that and the other. They said, how many can the dog do? I was like, as many as you want. And so they we got all of their crew chiefs spun up on and certified hoisting a dog. <laughs> and Yeah. Holy it was like God, a hoist. Man, that's sick. It was like a hoist rodeo. It was like static elevators, dynamic hoist, all of it. Like we were, we were doing. Every crew chief was like getting two or three hoists in with him. Wow, dang man! Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, that that's fantastic! Did you get some good video of that by chance? Mm-hmm. So, I'm actually really mad at myself. Um, you bonehead. <laughs> yeah, so I had in the picture, I can show you the picture. On the picture, you can see my GoPro on my helmet. I hit click. I tested it to say, hey, it's on. It's working. I put my helmet on. And by the time that we got on and in the aircraft and started taking off, I guess there's some timer to save the battery that it shuts itself off. So when I hit record, when we were about to you know get out of the helicopter while it was moving it was off the whole the whole 50 hoists we did nothing got recorded so luckily one of the guys on the ground took his cell phone and recorded a couple of the hoists and that's the videos i got oh that's hilarious so, but yeah that was my first time first time in a 60 and it was exactly how i wanted it to be man it was so they doors open we're sitting out feet hanging out inside jacoby sitting between me and the crew chief uh just looking and so we were monkey tailed in um and every time they banked to turn around and come to the the field where they were dropping us down into yeah uh the sunset was right there it looked perfect oh, just just right on the tree sick. line yeah and so and there were cars lined up um on the the street that was going to the medevac shack there was cars lined that whole way and people were out taking videos and pictures oh that's awesome dude that's yeah. freaking badass <laughs> man i love that 
Yeah, so it was awesome. Jeez. Good for I don't you know guys. if it was 50. That might have been an exaggeration, but we definitely got 10 <laughs> you to know 12 what? voices. Hey, hey, hey. No, we're going to call it 50, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. That's that's amazing. But even even to run through everybody like that and, and get all that, you need a GoPro on Jacoby. So I have a little thing <laughs> that – and it's funny you say that because the public affairs people for the um, – the Air Force, they they put one on him, and they we were able to attach it to one of his harnesses. But the the one that I hoist with, I I don't have a way to attach it. So because we'll it, it would that. get in the way, yeah, it would get in the way of the the hoist point. So oh, yeah, uh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So unless I mounted it like on his head, which I'm sure he would hate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's uh. I want to, what I want to do is get a couple of them and put one on the crew chief and me and, and do it that way. Oh, that's a good idea. Man, yeah. Sick dude. 50 hoist. That's what we're saying today. All right. That's, yeah, that's I a think, rumor anyway. I think collectively from Lakota's and the sixties, I, I think we're creeping up on that number. Okay. That's yeah. Number. So <laughs> yeah, we can, we can, we can talk it up as that. Okay. Okay. I like that right now. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now let's get into a couple of stories because I, I'm, I'm pumped to hear about the next, like what you've been doing. So the Georgia state task force team uh, called you up to do a couple searches with them for them. A little bit of both, I guess is the way to say yep. it. Yeah. Yep. So we have uh, kind of, four and a half ish to talk about and we'll get into that half at the end but the first one you were telling me about is um it's a falls i i, I forgot the name of it already like Akamil? Yeah, Amic amicalola falls amicalola yeah. Where, and that's in georgia yep yeah it's okay. north georgia's up near uh blue ridge okay. um that, that a lot of people go up there i think the appalachian trail runs into it i think appalachian trail you so mean I'm yeah, I'm just kidding. Dude, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's another thing. Right, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the big, the big one down here. <laughs> yeah, the big one down here is uh, is it pecan or pecan? Oh, yeah, yeah, pecan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny. Anyway, sorry. So the yeah, so the, yep. This one, this one was definitely pretty interesting, and all of these stories, man, like. I, I'm gonna go ahead and throw the spoiler alert out there is that we, we didn't find anybody, but oh you know, man, come on. Yeah, we we definitely helped with some of the some of the investigation type stuff. Um, but these are more just like Murphy's law type searches. Like if what could have went wrong did go wrong to me and Jacoby. So lessons learned. I like this yeah, too. This particular uh search, oh man. It was a it was a meat grinder. That one sucked. Uh so this kid, he his parents reported him missing. Uh and uh he I think he was teenage years, probably like senior in high school, something like that. You know, he was I think he was right around 17, 18, you know, young adult. And uh he went missing. Well, they found a picture of him on some guy's like hunting trail camera. Uh and they're like, hey we get people, the property owners are like, we get people walking through here sometimes because 
the all trails app is awful it was telling people hey the trailhead is like right here and it's you know it's bad and it's but, not <laughs> yeah the search and rescue yeah community makes fun of that app all the time but um sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad but yeah so they picked him up on that trail cam and he was in flip-flops so it's like well he didn't make it very far if he's you know in flip-flops or barefoot because some of that some of the like the terrain up there is real like brush heavy like thorn brush and uh of course me and jacoby found that and uh of course you did. yeah so yeah so i i show up they're like hey can you get here tonight and i was like sure but it's going to take me a few hours because i'm a few hours from north georgia and uh so by the time i get there this guy is standing I see where all the fire trucks are parked and, you know, they have the full fire firefighter task force team out of Dawson out there. And uh, my team lead was out there somewhere. I don't know. And there's no cell service. So I can't call and be like, Hey, where you guys at? So I pull up and this guy's waiting for me and he's like, Hey, you the one, the canine handler. And I was like, yep. And he goes, yeah, just go back probably 50 meters and you'll see him back there. So I go back and I'm like, I know I've walked more than a hundred yards and I'm like, I don't see or hear anybody. So I'm like, well, Jacoby, we're here. We're just going to start searching. And so I turn on my maps, you know, like I'd use CalTopo or ATAC and uh, I turn that stuff on and I'm like, all right. And I let him go. Well, we start searching and like we follow like the little trail that's up there and it leads us to the, you know, this fork in the road. And I'm like, well, I can go left or I can go right. So, and Jacoby's kind of like showing interest to the right. He said, let's go right. So the way that we went, I kid you not, the, the terrain was straight up. Like I could have just reached out in front of me and put my hands on the ground. Like it was that steep. And I'm telling, we went up that hill for probably a mile and a half. And by the time I got to the top, I was like, wow, my cardio is not what I thought it was. And <laughs> I'm lugging a pack around, you know, Jacoby's, you know, puffing and puffing. And we get up there, we search all around the top of that little mountain. And then we come back down the backside and I start seeing like, you know, the backs of people's houses and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, we've gone too far. Somebody would have seen him, you know, if he went back down this way. So we go back up and then come back down the way that we came and they called the search off for that night. And so they're like, Hey, meet back up with us in the morning. We're going to take you back out and search a different area. And so I'm like, okay, well we go back to a hotel. I give Jacoby a bath and uh, we go back out the next day and they take us up there on a side by side and, Lo and behold, guess where we got to go again? Back up that hill. And so <laughs> I'm like, man, I went up this stuff last night. And I was like, it's, I was like, you guys are going to be hurting once we get to the top. And so we go back up there and there was a different area that I didn't see once I had gotten to the top because the sun was starting to go down. And uh, so we searched all that area the whole day, never found anything. We ended up finding his wallet and I think his keys. Uh, but that was it. Like, yeah. So, you know, if anything, we found some, some evidence for him, but yeah, he, um, 
or he was definitely in that area. But yeah, so I get home uh, from the search and we're whooped. I, like both of us are just smoked. And I'm like, something is not right. Like, I don't feel good. I don't like something's not right. And I'm like, I, I feel like my skin is just crawling. And so come to find out, I had the worst chiggers I've ever had in my life. Oh, no. Yeah, they were all over me. <laughs> oh, and that so, sucks. Yeah, so basically, and Jacoby had them. And Jacoby oh. had them. Jacoby had them so bad um, that he ended up getting like an infection in his like private parts. Um, so he had to be put on antibiotics. And there's a picture. I'll have to send it to you. But there's a picture of me and him because they itch so bad, and they were starting to like blister, and my feet were all blistered, and yeah, it's it's really it was really bad. But yeah, they. Uh, we had to sit in a, like we bought one of those like kiddie pools from like Dollar General. Yeah. Uh, and we had to sit in an ice bath just to keep them from itching. And he would lay down next to me in that ice bath. Oh, yeah. that but is it, awful. Yeah. It was um, like the worst two hold, weeks of my life. So real quick, I, for those that don't know, chiggers, um, so quick Wikipedia search, you know, it's, it, but it's a little bug and it's a bug that's in, um like more down south than anywhere else it's in north america but it's it's really relevant in the south right yep okay so it's it's just a little bug and they they hang out and all these little like mossy things in in and around and and once they get on you man they will eat you up they're awful yeah. so it's yeah, bad if you, if you google it the chiggers <laughs> uh, it comes up as um like a berry i think it's a berry yeah berry bug uh and then i can't pronounce the actual name of it, the trom trombicolated i yeah i don't know sorry <laughs> but yeah awful 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 dude i am so sorry that's terrible yeah that one was uh it was awful <laughs> <laughs> dang that sucks yep yeah so but hey we're still here <laughs> Still going. How long did it take you to uh, recover from that one? Uh, a couple weeks. A couple. <laughs> yeah. Dylan, dude, I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, that yeah. one was. <laughs> I was like, it, it definitely was one of those ones where I was like, why do we do this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Bummer, dude. Well, yeah. You know what? Good search. Good search. Yep. Yep. We at look, least look. at least walked away with, with something being found hilarious <laughs> all right uh let's go to the next one it was a gbi search and you had a is that the pitbull oh yeah so i show up to the search and they're like hey what is gbi uh, by the way georgia bureau of investigation it's oh, like the nice. okay state bureau of investigation okay um Perfect. so yeah so that's kind of who the team like our team, our state, our ta little task force team, they they kind of intertwined those two because the GBI has a body recovery team as well. We just uh, have canine resources for them to use is how they integrated us. Um, so they, 
I show up to the search and they're like, hey, we found some remains in this, like, it was like a storm runoff, like where all the storm water would wash into, like what goes under the streets and stuff like that. Um, so they're like, hey, uh, well, they didn't tell me that until I got there. So I got there and they were like, do you have any kind of waders or boots or anything? I was like, nope. And so they're like, we got some. So they gave me like these knee high boots and which ended up filling up with water anyway. Uh, so, cause there were some places that were really deep and Jacoby was like swimming at one point, but yeah, he, uh, we're searching this like waterway and it's probably some of the nastiest water you've probably ever seen. And I felt bad for putting Jacoby in there, but Hey, you know, it is what it is. Um, sometimes you got to do some stuff you don't want to do. And, uh, yes, yeah, so we get down in there and yeah. And we start, we start searching, uh, and we come up underneath this bridge and on the other side of the bridge, you have all of these houses that either a were breeding them and I don't, you know, you can't definitively say if they were fighting them, but that's what it looked like. Um, but they, they have a ton of these pit bulls just chained up. And so like when we go look for certain people, especially with law enforcement, like we're not going to the nicest areas. Um, right. So yeah, so we'll, we'll be we'll find ourselves in some pretty pretty dicey areas uh, where you kind of kind of have to keep your head on a swivel because you know cops aren't necessarily liked and they, that's what that people look at you as you know especially if you're out there with them. Um, so and then so we we go up underneath this bridge and this dog starts barking at us and I'm like hey and this is gonna sound really bad but the amount of training and money that has been sunk into Jacoby. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to risk a dog attacking him and potentially injuring him and ending his career. Yeah. So definitely not. Yeah. The, the alternative is, is hey, if we get charged by a dog, either we're tasing it or we're shooting it, you know, it, it is what it is. You should have kept your dog in it, you know, a kennel or however you, you know it's not our fault um so this dog is just slamming up against this fence well this fence looks like it's just made of chicken wire so i turned to the investigator and i'm like do you trust that fence and she goes well we were out here yesterday and uh he never never he just barked at us he never came over the fence or anything like that and i'm like yeah but now we have a dog and so She's like, we'll stand there, and if anything happens, we'll be right there. And I'm like, okay. We go under the bridge, and this dog can see. His dog's probably 25 yards away from us up on the hill. And Jacoby shakes, and the dog heard it. This dog launches over this fence, does a front flip over the fence, and it's attached to a chain. And does a front flip over the fence and hangs itself by the chain and it's freaking out trying to get after Jacoby. Well, Jacoby takes off running the other way. And I'm like, Jacoby, you're such a, you're such a puss, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, but it, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I'm glad he did that and not had been reactive and tried to fight the dog. Um, 
But yeah, this dog is like, and it's freaking out the whole time. So I'm like, hey, you guys need to either get the dog or go get the owner to get the dog. And so they they take off up towards the house, and they the owner ends up getting the getting the other the dog into the house and stuff like that. So luckily, nothing happened. Um, but yeah, it definitely gave us a scare. And we searched this whole waterway, and I, we must have been in the water for miles. And we're going through people's yards. We're going through town. We're going, yeah, it was crazy. But yeah, we were able to kind of give them ideas of areas. Um, and they, you know, they bring their forensics teams back and uh, they kind of do their excavating or however they want to do their search. So, but yeah, that was, that was an eventful one for sure. Definitely got the adrenaline going. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, I asked you the last time if you were packing, you said no. Have you, Sometimes, I mean, you are in Georgia, man. Like, yeah. Have that so, side, man. What's up? There was, there was one search that was, I was packing and I, we can, I can get into that one if you want. Hey, go, man. I'm, I'm all ears. I love this stuff, dude. So I'm at work. And like I said, in the, the last podcast, my nine to five is I'm a, I'm an aircraft mechanic. I, I turn a wrench for a living. So yeah, so they, they, I'm sitting at work, I'm checking to eat some emails, and uh, I get my phone starts ringing, and uh, I answer it, and the guy on the other line, he's like, hey, this is so-and-so with George State Patrol. Uh, we got a search, and we heard you were the cadaver dog guy in the state, and I was like, yeah, that'd be me, and uh, he's like, hey, I got a search for you, it's a few hours from you, and he's like, I." They want they want us to go down there um and search for this guy. So I'm like, okay. And he's like, uh, I'll meet you down there. He's like, we're gonna be flying. And I was like, well, what's I was like, what's the the stipulations for us to fly with you? And he's like, is your dog airworthy? And I was like, only if you knew. And I sent him some pictures and he was like, Yeah, I'd say he's pretty airworthy. He's like, <laughs> I'll fly in. And what was funny was, so we had a change of command that day. So our wing commander was leaving um, the base and she was going to work somewhere else. I think it was like Joint Force Headquarters or something like that. So they're doing a big change of command. Like the entire wing is out there. So hundreds of people. And they did the big, you know, the dog and pony show where they they parked the aircraft all certain ways in front of the yeah. hangar and, you know, for pictures and stuff like that. Well, my commander, my former commander who was like integrated with me and kind of got me into like all these exercises for the, uh, the dog stuff. He was like, uh, he texted me. He was like, Hey, where are you at? And I'm like, I'm about to leave with Georgia state patrol. They're flying into the base to get me right now. And so he's like, no way. So yeah, in the background, so they have the hangar doors open yep. of the, this, cha this change of command. And here comes the Georgia State Patrol helicopter lands. We walk out onto the apron with Jacoby. Security forces escorts us and we get in and take off. And everybody's like, what is going on? <laughs> so so Dang, dude. yeah, so then we fly down and once we get there, the, I jump in the cop cars with the 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 cops that were on the investigation and they were saying hey there there was a high speed chase uh and the guy ditched the car and took off running 
And so the it was between two counties. So like the one county sheriff's office, they said that they saw him jump off the bridge. Well, it was like a 50 foot fall to rocks. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So they were like, we want you to go in and see if you can find him. Well, yeah, I was packing for that one. And so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we went in and we searched everywhere. And it was, that one was, that helicopter pilot is, I've seen some dicey stuff with some of those pilots, but that was probably the worst. He was, so the bridge had that little like storm runoff where the water comes through and the, the storm water. It's so there's a gap in the trees. Well, the gap in the trees was just big enough for the helicopter. And he was down in, like, I'm telling you, the blades were probably that far from trees. Like, two, and, like a foot to two feet. Yeah, it was insane. <laughs> I was like, there's no way. And so he's watching Jacoby as he's searching, but then he's also searching with the helicopter himself. So, but he was like, it's good that your dog was, you know, so used to the helicopter noise that it didn't affect him. And we were able to do our search and you guys were able to employ the dog effectively. So it was kind of cool to kind of see that, that, that kind of training come full circle and something real world. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was, it was really interesting, but yeah, that guy can fly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And nothing at the bottom of the ravine or the bottom of the bridge. Yeah, we didn't find anything. We think that, I think the intel was a little off. And then I think that, yeah, I think that the guy ended up getting picked up somewhere. But yeah, <laughs> it was definitely, it was cool though. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you are called out some very random stuff. That's, that's yeah. as random as a standard search and rescue mission that we've all been on. Like, you never know what you're going to get on our end. You can exactly. literally say the same thing about you. You never know what you're going to get called into. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. That, That's wild. I just got done. Yeah. I just got done telling the, the Air Force public affairs guys. I was like, because they, they were like, how do you prep for something like you don't? Like, that not one search that I've been on has been the same as another one. Oh, it's, 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 it makes this so much fun. This job so amazing. Yeah. exactly yeah it definitely keeps me engaged and like it, it makes the training fun too because then it's like okay well how do we set up a scenario to where we get creative and, and say hey well this is not far-fetched because this is what we've seen you know yeah. like so yeah it's it's definitely i think some of the scenarios we're going to set up in february are going to be pretty cool i think one of them we're going to set up is going to be tailored towards like uh because it's going to be a big natural disaster um yep. more like they want to do more stuff of what happened in, in Katrina, uh, Katrina where the they had the crime rates shoot up and everything. So we're going to do one that's like uh, we're going to deploy with like game wardens and stuff like that where we're like taking down, you know, like people who are kidnapping kids for like child trafficking and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. And so we'll we'll send Jacoby in to go find, you know, a kid that they killed or whatever. So but yeah. It'll be wow. uh, interesting to kind of to be in those different kind of scenarios. And you get to build the scenarios based on something that's already actually happened. I yep. like that. You know, this, yeah. a lot of the stuff that we've done that I let me we that I've done personally with some of the training that I've done is you take examples of uh, rescues you've been on, whether it's a simple medevac type hoist or whatnot, and you build the training around that. I, I love that. Yep. Absolutely yep. love that. 
Nice. Man. Yeah. So we're we're gonna tailor it towards that, and then we're gonna also gonna do a lot of uh, what statistics have shown of like where people ended up after tornadoes and stuff like that. So we're gonna be running a lot of that kind of stuff where it's gonna be remains, but they're everywhere. Wow. So it's kind of like a, a scattered, you know, like because the way a tornado works is like, and it's gonna sound kind of insensitive, but when people get stuck in tornadoes, they tend to explode because everything in that that tornado is hitting them. So you have anything from a car to, you know, debris from a house that's just slamming into this human body that got picked up and thrown. Yeah. So yeah, that's what we're gonna kind of base the our scenarios off of as well. <laughs> Dude, that is that's crazy insane awesome. Um, all right, so you have, as well as dealing with pit bull, you also have another animal you had to deal with, but this time it was chickens. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that one was crazy. Uh, yeah, so we got sent up to do this search, and the the search story was like there were some drug dealers, or not drug dealers, but drug users, and uh, they had a an individual that OD'd in the house and that they, they freaked out and didn't know what to do. So they ended up sitting on her for a couple of days and then they ended up burying the body allegedly. So yeah. Oh geez. So we get there and it's a mess. It's like the guy was burying trash. He was burying, he had buried like two horses that had died. Uh, oh. He buried, yeah, which was crazy, which I don't I don't know if you've heard the myth or not, like, oh, if, if you kill somebody, you bury them, like, what is it, 12 feet down, and then you bury a horse on top of them, and then once they dig it up, you know, that doesn't work. Jacoby will find that person. Um, I have never heard that. See, you know what, go into that a little further. What What is that rumor? What What's the Yeah, theory? so the, the rumor is, is if you kill somebody, you can bury, you can bury them down you know, a certain depth and then throw dirt over top of them and then bury an animal directly over top of them and then fill the rest of it in. That way of, you know, their equipment, which what we use is uh, the GBI has what's called ground penetrating radar. And basically yep. it, sen it senses for anomalies in the dirt. So what will happen is they'll scan that area with that and they'll see the anomaly that's underneath that horse so it'll say it's that far down so that's how far they're going to go down so if you dug down 12 feet that anomaly is going to show 12 feet now so and then on top of that if jacoby hits on it then that's even more confirmation that yeah but they oh, say yeah wow. oh, they'll they'll hit the horse and then they'll see oh it's not a human and they'll bury it back again so no that does that's not real <laughs> <laughs> wow wow okay noted yeah so, but yeah, so we showed up and the guy, the guy had his own excavator. So it's like, well, okay, he could, he could have dug and buried this person, you know, 20 feet deep. And so, yeah, it was just, it was insane. So they're like, hey, we want you to search the, the front yard and the yard area and the surrounding property and stuff like that. Well, when I showed up, I was like, what? is all of this stuff and you can just hear them there was hundreds hundreds of chickens and so 
the sheriff that was out there, he comes up to me and he's like, hey, is your dog good with other animals? I was like, I guess we'll find out. And so <laughs> he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, because we need you to search the yard. Is he going to have an issue? The guy was running a, a cockfighting ring. And oh my they, god, dude, what I'm telling you, I there's a picture of it on my old phone. Uh I can I can send it to you, but there yeah, there were hundreds of chickens and the his prized fighters were all tethered to the ground like by their ankles. And so like, yeah, so they were I'm like, holy cow. So he <laughs> we get Jacoby out of the car and I stepped probably five feet into where the front, the property line was, and these chickens went berserk, berserk. I, there were feathers flying everywhere, and he did not care one bit that they were there. I was like, I was so proud of him. I was like, thank you for not, you know, acting a fool with this this craziness. But yeah, the guy had like, it was like two or three different setups where. He could house chickens and then the whole front yard, they, I mean, they had roosts and it was insane. There was a lot of chickens, but yeah, it was, it was a difficult search to, to try to navigate that. And they were thinking that, oh, well, he might've buried them under one of these like chicken coops and just poured concrete and stuff like that, which wasn't the case. I, I, who knows what happened, but yeah, we, we did our job and said, Hey, there's nothing here. Um, but yeah, Jacoby ended up getting hurt on that search. Oh, no way. Uh, yeah, so he, um, we went to the back side of their property and there was like a pond that they wanted us to search. Well, you know, when they clear like a path, like a road out and they push all that dirt out of the way and then they put that final like black fencing in on yes. the sides yes and they kind of they just drive it in with wooden stakes yep well there, there there was that and so uh but there was two of them side by side that were running parallel and there was probably only like a foot or two gap in between the two of them well jacoby goes to jump over it and he only saw the one so he only jumped high enough to make it over the first like part like layer and yeah and once he saw the the other side, like the, it's just a foot or two from the other one. Yeah, he went. He came down right on top of one of those wooden spikes, and yeah, Ooh, ouch. His, the whole, the whole inside of his thigh was bruised. It looked like a softball size bruise. Yeah, oh, and he was like, man, yeah. But he limped around for probably five, ten minutes. We gave him a little break, and then he went right back to work. Yeah, but wow. then later, yeah, later that night, he was feeling it. <laughs> Oh my gosh, dog's yeah. a machine. Jeez. Yeah, he's a, he's motivated. That's for sure. <laughs> wow. How long did you end up searching that entire area? Um, I think we were there for like a couple hours. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'm just glad all the chickens made it out safe, and so did Jacoby. <laughs> wow. Uh, do you know if there was any follow up on that? Did they do any any further? I don't. I don't know. Right on. Yeah. Hey, no worries. Yeah. No worries. Yep. <laughs> Dang. All right. I I want to get to one more because this one uh, in particular is it's kind of I'm going to call it in the works. So you're 
you you can't talk about this too much, uh, which is kind of exciting to me as well. But you're searching for somebody that's been missing for like 35 years. Yes. How yeah. the heck do you get called on something like that? So it was kind of really cool to like take part in. Um, so there was a, a missing individual uh, that they had gained intel through a certain way um where they called us out and what we used the same thing that we were out there um with the ground penetrating radar and there was an anomaly in the in the soil and then they said that they wanted to send Jacobian. Uh so we send Jacobian unbeknownst to us uh he alerts right exactly where they said the like the confession said that they the body was and uh yeah so they it was really cool to kind of take part in how they do the forensics type stuff uh there was a university that brought their forensic students out to the site and they started digging and they had the the poles up where they had the little sifting you know racks and yeah they had it all it was really cool to kind of take part of but yeah he's we, we weren't able to to locate him uh you know that's not to say he's not in that area um but uh yeah so like all things cadaver uh we don't we don't stop until they're found so we're still working working that one wow When's the next chance or the next time you might be out there doing something any, anytime soon? Or are you waiting uh, to kind of stand by for a phone call to be like, all right, we're ready for you to go in this area now? Yep. It'll all depend on intel. Um, so that's that's the biggest key is, hey, we got to get the dog in the right area. <laughs> Holy smoke, dude. You're on standby yeah. right now in the middle of something. That's freaking amazing to me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I like that. Right on. Uh, Dylan, as usual, the stories are awesome. I I absolutely love talking to you. I love hearing these stories of what you guys are doing. Uh, I know you and I talked a little bit offline about something you're considering working towards and are looking to try to do really for like our own countrymen. And uh, what is that? I, I'm going to let you touch on all that because I think it's amazing. Yep. Yeah. So this is this is something that I I have found, just I just happened to stumble into it, and I it had always been in kind of in the back of my head of like how cool would it be to kind of take part in this mission, um, and then I ended up when I through networking through people, uh, ended up you know when we did all the training with the seer instructors and stuff like that, uh, they got me in touch we did a, a prisoner of war uh, missing in action rough uh, event and i got to meet the uh basically the head guy of it for our area and i i kind of picked his brain i was like hey this is something that i know about here's an asset and luckily i had jacoby with me because jacoby did the ruck with us um so I said, hey, this is who he is. This is what he's capable of. We've, you know, we've been on 16 deployments now. He's got the experience. We have two national certifications. The guy was blown away. Uh, he was like, yes, let me try to reach out 
and see if we can make this happen. But it is called a DPAA deployment. Uh, and basically what that is, is it stands for Defense Palmia Accounting Agency. And basically they account for all of the people who are still missing in action. So they could deploy us to Vietnam, Korea, or the European theater where during like for World War II, people who wow. are missing in action to go recover those people. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, so that's that's one of the missions that I, I, I've really been wanting to kind of take part in and, and really try to use our training and what we've we've done with Jacoby and use it for for that. That is incredible. Um, I mean, our our own troops, our own lost, the prisoners of war, uh, the mission missing in action that could be still over there. Bodies haven't been found. This is a way to give closure to not only like families, but the U.S. in general. That's and I'm I'm just throwing the U.S. in there because I know that's you know very like super patriotic and oh buddy, I I love this. I love it. I yeah. hope it happens because it would be, yep. that would be incredible. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, I, I'm pulling for you and let me know if I can do anything to help you out with that because that's, that's good stuff. I, you know, I just had a guy on uh, John Bartell and he was a pilot. He is a pilot with the U S coast guard. And the reason I'm even tying this in right now is because we have uh, planes and stuff and crews that got, lost and killed in action up in Alaska. And they were still looking for, uh, you know, to to reconnect and or find all the crew members to an in particular mission, in particular flight, in particular crash. And he was part of that. Uh, but this should be another great asset to use even in country for that avenue. And that was all during World War II timeframe as well. So, yeah. wow, man. Wow. Yeah. That would be super cool. Super cool. Yeah. There's some, uh, there's definitely some talks because uh, using cadaver canines isn't, you know, outside of, you know, forensics type searches. It, it's really hard to try to boost that training um, because up until recent, you know, events like 9-11 and stuff like that, we really didn't have a, have a, a, a place for them Um in those type of roles, but there's talks about now through the grapevine of doing uh, cadaver dogs that are, you know, qualified in open ocean type stuff. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to keep an eye on that to see, you know, what, what that training entails and stuff. So that should be pretty interesting to kind of read about. You know what? I do remember you saying that, uh, and this is in the last episode where you could be in a boat, and and because of the decaying body, all the the scent rises to the surface, and and your your dog will be like, but there it is, way to go, yep. Jacoby, you know. And now yeah, you're talking about so... an ocean. That'd be holy cow, lots of mo much faster moving water. Nothing ever stays yeah. the same. The winds, my yeah. goodness. So I think I think what they what they might try to do for that, and I I, I can't speak for it because I'm not a I'm not a trainer for it. Um, but it, it would make sense in my head for the dog to not only alert to the, you know, if there's any kind of remains or anything, but also um, if it's a big aircraft, you know, have them trained in the sense to detect that aircraft. So at least they have like a pinpoint, like, hey, this is where it went down. 
No kidding. Wow. Yeah. Dude, that would be yeah, insane. I don't, like I, what's that? That would be insane. It's just insane. Yeah. Like that it's crazy to me to even think about how that would work. That's that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm interested to kind of see how it works because, like I said, it, it you know, the ocean, you know, it's always moving, and I don't know how salt water will work with the dogs, you know, olfactory system and stuff like that. But I'm definitely interested to see how it works because I know that you know, even if it's a river like freshwater stuff, like we just go downstream and work the dog upstream, you know, with moving water, and that helps us, you know, locate people that way too. So, I it could be done but I'm interested to see how it's done. <laughs> You'll have to keep me posted on that one too. Holy smoke. Yeah. That'd be so cool. Dang. Dylan, like I said, man, I, I can't thank you enough for coming back on and, and dropping some more stories and stuff. I really, really hope this um, prisoner of war uh, missing in action thing does work out, you know, like to fall back on the last one, the current one you're working on now, the guy's been missing for 35 years it is possible to use Jacoby to go find our brothers that we've lost brothers and sisters, you know, uh, yep. like that's, that's an incredible thought. Um, I hope it works out, dude. I really do. So we'll definitely keep you updated. <laughs> sweet, sweet. Right on. And uh, I'm going to keep an eye out except February. I'll try to get down and I look forward to the next time we get together and we didn't drink a beer together. Like I said, we were supposed to at HAI. Yeah. We just didn't have enough time, but Man, the next time we get together, that's a yeah. twofer. We need at least two now. <laughs> yeah, if you come on, if you come on down to the dirty south in February, we'll definitely have a cold one waiting for you. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Right on. All right, brother. Will you uh you give uh, Jacoby a little love for me? All right, and I'll I'll we'll catch up it. with you soon. With that, that ladies good. and gentlemen, we are. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're not done quite yet because right after. Uh, Dylan and I get done recording that the, the episode, everything you just listened to. What happened? You go and get yourself a write up from the uh, Georgia Bureau of Investigation. Dylan, oh my gosh, dude! <laughs> and this story is insane, too. Um, thanks for coming back real quick to, to just talk about this. Yep, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely an interesting one for sure. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, dude, I, I'm going to get right into it because, I mean, everybody's been listening to you so far for like an hour and change. And now we just get to, again, this happened literally, what, four or five days after you and I got done recording? I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely, definitely ironic. I was like, oh, dang, that would have been a cool one. Yeah. Well, well, you know what? I, I'm glad you came back because we're get, let's just get right into it. Here we go. Here's the write-up. Okay. Georgia Bureau of Investigation, August 8, 2023. Colonel Roger Brooks. On June 28, 2023, Staff Sergeant Dylan Nelson, volunteer search and rescue and rescue canine handler, and canine Jacoby assisted the Georgia Bureau of Investigation Region 12 field office with a search for a missing person. The agent assigned to the investigation suspected foul play was involved. GBI crime scene specialist Lee Weathersby highly recommended Dylan Nelson and Jacoby for the search of the residence where the victim was last suspected to have been. While searching the exterior of the residence, a large brush pile was located behind the residence. 
Jacoby gave a positive alert, indicating the odor of a cadaver was detected. After the alert on the brush pile, agents began removing the brush and located human remains under the brush pile. These remains were suspected to be those of the missing person. The individual who resided at the residence were taken into custody following the discovery of the human remains in their backyard. Without the assistance of Dylan and K-9 Jacoby, the human remains discovered may have been overlooked as they were during the initial search of the residence on June 26, 2023, when agents initially searched the exterior of the residence. Dylan was extremely flexible and willing to assist investigators with the search of the residence. He made himself and K-9 Jacoby available to assist with the search only with a limited notice of when the search was to be conducted. Once being notified, a search warrant was secured for the residence and they arrived in a timely manner and stood by until officers could arrive to assist with the search. Dylan and his K-9 Jacoby remained eager to search the area while officers searched the interior of the residence. Dylan never complained and not and did not express any issues with waiting for their turn to assist for the search. Dylan and Jacoby demonstrated top-notch professionalism during their involvement with, the, with this investigation. As a result of their awareness, dedication to service, and thorough search of the area, our office was able to successfully resolve this investigation by locating the missing person, make an arrest, and assist with providing the victim's family with closure and answers regarding to what happened to their loved one. I believe this act should not go unnoticed, and Dylan and Jacoby should be commended for their dedication to duty. We value their partnership and your department's assistance. Sincerely, Lindsay G. Wilkes, Special Agent in Charge, Region 12. Bro, that, okay, brush pile, body underneath, they went and searched, couldn't find it. You come in and, and like, legitimately, like, boom, drop it. What, what happened? Yeah. What? <laughs> so, we got the call probably, it was like the night before. Um, I kind of had little little information as far as anything that they had going on other than they had searched the property before uh like the day before we had went out there uh and they couldn't find anything so whenever we showed up the next morning um they basically were they the whole stigma was like oh well we're i didn't think that we were going to find anything that was the the vibe that I was getting. I was like, oh, well, they they searched, they dug in some areas, they had people come out and dig and they couldn't find anything. So they're like, we're gonna, we got the, they got the search warrant and they wanted to search the inside of the house. So while they were doing that, me and Jacoby were just hanging out. And so they get done with the search of the house and they said, hey, they come They come out and they say, hey, how do you want to do this? So I said, hey, I want the two individuals because they were there. The people that were in question were suspects. They were there. So I said, hey, put them and their dog up in the house and then I'll search the property. 
so that's what they did. They put the the two individuals in the house. They put their dog up, um, and we we got Jacoby out. So he said, "Hey, how do you want to how do you want to do this? What do you need from us?" I said, "Pretty much just kind of stay out of our way." And so, <laughs> it, oh, it, it was uh, yeah. So we I walked Jacoby around to the backyard area, and uh, I let him go, and he searched from everything from left to right. So he takes off towards the left, kind of searched around the house. Uh, and then he goes into the wood line. So we kind of follow him into the wood line. He goes back uh, into some thick, thick brush and uh, doesn't, doesn't see anything, doesn't find anything. Kind of looks at me like, Hey, there's nothing here. So we back him back out. Um, and he kind of did a couple loops around the backyard. Uh, and then he, comes back to me and I said hey didn't you guys say um there was like a, a farm field that needed to be searched as well and he was like yeah so let's let's go ahead and head, head that way <clears throat> so we start walking that way and we one of the guys that was there one of the agents he was like hey is your dog going to care if I start you know um hacking up some of these limbs with a machete and I was like no he's not gonna he's not gonna mind so this guy's standing there, you know, kind of cutting away at this brush. So I was like, well, let's send Jacoby in there. So I send Jacoby in there. Hey, check in here. And Jacoby goes in there and boom, sits. And we all kind of looked at each other like, okay. And so I'm like, well, hold on. You know, <laughs> so I get down uh, and I'm like, hey, you know, I asked for gloves and stuff like that. So I get down and they underneath this brush there's like so they they had the big pile of, of the it looked like grapevines and different kind of sticks and stuff like that. it was real thick and so i pulled i just grabbed stuck my hand through and grabbed one of the bottom ones and just pulled a bunch of them up and i could see the padding of like what you would see underneath your carpet um yeah. so i'm like oh, that's weird you know maybe it's just a trash pile they were burning you know whatever so I did not think that it did not look anything like anything was there. And I'm pulling this stuff up and Jacoby dives in underneath this brush. And in the process of doing that, he ended up scratching his cornea and oh, his, his whole eye looked like a red marble. Yeah, it was bad. I had to take him to the vet afterwards. Yeah, it was crazy. And, um, but he dives down underneath this brush and I'm like, he's really trying to get after something. And the second I said that I pull in this, this padding rips and you can see the guy's skull is the whole body. And oh yeah. So God. the second they do that, like the second those agents saw that they took off. And so they kick in that door, they jump on the two individuals and put them in handcuffs. Well, in the process of doing that, they let their pit bull out. So, yeah, so the pit bull comes out of the house, rounds the corner, and I'm tugging with Jacoby with his toy. And so so Jacoby has his back towards the house. So the dog sees us and charges us. And it was kind of one of those things where it was like, you don't really have time to think. You just react. And I apologize if anybody is dog sensitive but i had to get really really rough with this dog 
Um, so I have Jacoby in one hand tugging on his toy, and then I'm fighting this other dog in the other hand. And so basically I end up getting the dog, the two dogs separated. And luckily nobody had any kind of injury or anything like that. Um, I'm on top of this other dog. And then one of the other agents comes out and he runs over and grabs the dog with me and they take the dog away. But yeah, it was, I had to get, I had to get nasty with that dog, but yeah. So that was, that was pretty much it. They were able to recover the entire body, um, clothes that he was last seen wearing, uh, and then a partial fragmentation or from the projectile that he was oh, shot with. Yeah. Wow. All because of Jacoby. Yeah. And it, that all happened from the time I took him off the leash to the time I finished fighting with that dog was all about, I would say 15 minutes. Holy cow. Dylan. <laughs> I freaking love talking to you, man. This is awesome. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so that was <laughs> that was a crazy one. Bro, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well done. And you have Jacoby with you right now, don't you? I do. He's literally right here trying to give me a story. Oh, you, you gotta you gotta pop him up so we can all see say what's up, Jacoby. Hey, there he is. What's up, Jacoby? dude dylan thank you so much for coming on and and just sharing that last story dude this is insane yeah i love what you're doing i absolutely love what you're doing you and jacoby well done well done i appreciate it yeah it's that's like i said that one was one of the ones that was like got my adrenaline going (laughs) (laughs) it's good to know you can uh you can still defend hold your dog play with a toy and defend and like, yeah, had, yeah, it was like, hey, I there's no choice. I have to go hands on with this dog, so, <laughs> dude. But luckily, luckily, when I when I got on top of that, like when he came in, I hit him, and he kind of slid underneath my feet, and I fell on top of him. Um, that luckily my chest rig was keeping me from getting scratched because I was oh, on top of the dog. Nice. And I had to, I had the dogs, the scruff of his neck, kind of like you would grab like a hockey jersey. And that was, yeah, that was all I had. And I was not letting go. Wow. <laughs> Dylan. Oh my God, dude. I freaking love this. I absolutely love it. I'm coming down. I'm coming to hang out with you guys. We're, we're going to go do some fun stuff. I'm right, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. We Bro. got it. We actually got approved. Uh, we actually got approved last week. Uh, so right before the exercise in February and January, uh, I get to go do avalanche training with him. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's yeah, going to be a we'll blast. Be, yeah. We'll be working with the, the ski patrol for where are you going days. to do that? West Virginia. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Dude, you're so, having a blast. You're loving life. There's nothing wrong with yeah. any of that. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So it will be, it will be interesting. They said that they can simulate uh an avalanche condition for us so that'd be that'd be awesome just chalk one more insert up to that dude yeah exactly <laughs> oh sick dylan thank you for dropping this last story for us man i appreciate it no problem <laughs> and with that ladies and gentlemen now we are out of here Go. 
Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Real Rescue Podcast. Please take a minute to like, subscribe, and hit that share button. I'm pulling chocks and taking off. But before I go, if anyone out there has a rescue story they would be willing to share, I would be humbled and honored to have you on as a guest. Or if you have any questions about rescue or anything else we talk about here, send an email to jason at therealrescue.com. That's jason at T-H-E-R-E-A-L-R-E-S-Q.com. You can also check us out on our web pages, therealrescue.com, our Facebook page, and our Instagram page, at The Real Rescue. Again, a special thank you to all of you standing on the watch today. Always remember, when that star alarm goes off, those in distress are praying for a miracle. They are going to get you. Until next time, fly safe and swim hard. <laughs>